everybody and welcome back to another episode of friday night likes i am your host michael and with me is sarah as always hey guys so i went and saw dr strange today (laughs) gotta talk about it now get out of your system right well a little bit a little bit because um i don't want to talk too much because we're doing a podcast tomorrow night we're doing freaking geeks podcast and we're covering dr strange doing an in-depth review i will say that it was amazing it was <laughs> better than i thought it was going to be and, and i did have moderately high expectations based on just what i'd heard leading up to the release and uh, people that i knew who had gone to see it they came back to work and said, you know, you got to go see this. This is really, really good. And <laughs> so when I went in tonight, and by the way, I saw it in 3D. I was sitting there and I thought, okay, just be pretty good. If you can just be pretty <laughs> good, I'd be happy. It'll, you know. And uh, when I left that theater, I was blown away. <laughs> it was really, really good. Yeah, like I went and saw that this weekend as well. And it was a movie that I just, you know, I never heard of Doctor Strange before. Didn't, you know, care if I saw it or didn't see it. But, you know, Marvel does really good stuff. So me and my husband went to go see it. And I was like, I'm so on board. There needs to be a second one. I love this. Benedict Cumberbatch did, like, an amazing job. He earns the name Cumberbatch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He rocked it. Like, his acting was stellar. Like, I heard Rachel Adams was in this, and I love her. I love Rachel McAdams. And I thought she was still the show because she's just that way. But mm-hmm. no, he definitely took it. Right. Although I did vote for Mads a little bit. <laughs> well, Mads was awesome. He yeah, was fantastic. So, wonderful. you know. Um, but yes, very, very good movie. So yeah, if you listen to this podcast and you're kind of teetering on the edge, you know, about whether you should go see this or not. Go see it. And if possible, see it in 3D. Now, look, I mean, I know this is a Friday Night Lights podcast, but we're kind of throwing this out here for a reason. Uh, well, a couple of reasons. Um, one is because Mads Mikkelsen is in it and we have a Hannibal podcast. Right? So basically, so we, have we love everything he does. Right. Um, also, we're going to do the in-depth review on it on the freaking geeks podcast so of course we want you to check out the episode if you're interested but beyond that okay this is a really good movie now i don't normally advocate seeing things in 3d okay because it's not usually necessary to see something in 3d right most of the time 3d is just i don't know they do 3d because it makes them more money you get charged a few extra dollars 
and uh, normally I don't think it adds anything and sometimes I think it really takes away from a movie if the 3D is just for the sake of 3D. But in this case, see it in 3D if you have the option because it's really, really good in 3D. I mean, the 3D really adds to the movie based on what's going on and what, you know, I'm not giving anything away here, but based on what's going on in the movie, after the first few minutes where you're kind of just like adjusting to the whole glasses and 3D thing, it is such an immersive experience with the 3D glasses. They really took the time to do this well. If you don't see it in 3D, it's still going to be awesome, but I really advocate going to see this in 3D. Yeah, they used it correctly. A lot of films don't. They just slap it on for the sake of being able to slap it on. <laughs> right. Like Titanic, it was not worth seeing it in 3D. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that was a movie that was, you know, 1997 it came out, so doing the conversion, it felt weird. Yeah, although when they did Jurassic Park and they revamped it in 3D, that was worth it. That made me jump so much. Okay. I didn't see it in 3D, so I'm not really sure how that was, but um, I believe it. Good. <laughs> uh, well, one of my favorite movies of all time. So. Oh, it's one we got to review. I love Jurassic Park. Ah, me too. Uh, okay, sorry. You know, we were kind of doing a little bit of a, you know, freaking geek. talking out of our there. system. <laughs> right. um, but anyway, yeah. So check out the movie, and after you finish watching it, check out our podcast. So. Yeah, freaking geeks. Yeah, it's yep. a new one. We just were a couple episodes in, so you'll be able to get in when we're really starting it up. Right. Okay, so beyond that, has your week been pretty good? Yeah, yeah better than America's. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, you guys can laugh at us for a while, right? Yeah, finally it's Canada's turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we won't get too much into the election. Like whatever side you're on, you know, it's cool. We're not going to judge you. But I will say the Canadian immigration website crashed election night. I was on there because my husband's American, so I got to renew his residency forms. And I'm like, why can't they get on? And I'm like Googling like why it crashed. And it's like, it's the election. Americans are like, fuck this. We're leaving. Let's go to the Canadian immigration website. <laughs> lovely (laughs) right (laughs) well uh yeah well beyond that uh you got your reflection shield in and you got your mic stand right so for people that are trying to figure out what i'm talking about uh, we've been doing upgrades to our equipment you know over the last few months so um, yes so now i got a pop filter and mic stand and the isolation shield, it's its across the border at, in a parcel place right now. And I'm a little tense to go across and get it. I'm like, mm, do I really want to go across the border the day of the election? Probably not. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, just uh, when do you think you're going to go get it tomorrow? Or do you think you're just going to wait until the weekend or something? Fact is pretty quick, so I might wait until yours shows up and then just get them both at once. Good idea. Good idea. For those of you that don't know, get a little tidbit that he has an extra um, mic stabilizer, so he sent that to me. He's been gifted with the privilege of not knowing where I live. (laughs) Right. Right. So now I now now I know. Like 
It's a privilege. Okay. I'm, co- I'm coming to Canada. Uh, put me up I'm, on I'm that. I'm coming to stay, right? Com- I, I am. Uh, add me to the list on the immigration site. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. No, so let's, let's get into this. Um, so this is season one, episode 19. It's called Changes. And of course, if anybody doesn't know, that is a famous David Bowie song. Yes, very appropriate for this episode. Right. And given that David Bowie passed away you know, this year, it's it's kind of nice that we're reviewing this. It's serendipitous. Right. And this is a pretty jam-packed episode. Yeah, there's quite a bit in here. A lot of drama, a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings. All right, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about this. So, what would you say is the biggest thing in this in the episode? Probably the Buddy Garrity stuff. Okay. For me, that was definitely big. It is. Yeah, it is big. Definitely. Especially how it affects Lila. Right. Uh, so, with the Buddy Garrity things we've got going on here, um, we have him early in the episode talking to Lila. And um, I got to give credit to her. Um Given what happened last week, um, or not last week, I guess technically it would have been the week before that, mm-hmm. but given the recent events, um, that she was actually sitting there talking to him, you know, and he's yeah, not just, really taking sides, right? She's Switzerland, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Swiss babe, <laughs> and um. You know, there, he's going on about all the memories. He's got a uh, photo album. He wants to to make this about like all the memories that they've had over the years and uh, picking photos out and all that stuff. And it it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it's really depressing. And he's just kind of like pouring out his... You, know, you, you feel like he's pouring out his heart and just, you know, Lila's, you know, being you know, pretty understanding of her father because she's kind of been in this situation before. You know, she's screwed up. She understands that it's possible and she's giving him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, just listening to him and hearing what he has to say. And he's feeding her a lot of what was me. Uh, I'll never do this again. Um, you know, Life isn't I, I, worth I love living. my family. Family is most important to me. When last episode he said like the Panther is the most important thing to him, like we already know you're bullshitting. Right, and we will see that come back to roost in this episode. Oh yeah, it gets really ugly. Right. So we have him doing that, and we. You know, she she tries to talk to him about it, and he, you know, like you said, he's kind of giving his uh, line there about family is so, so important to me. Da da da. Um. Ultimately, that doesn't work out too well because when he shows up to Pam's door, 
to try to do this whole reconciliation thing and, and show how much he cares. She doesn't want to hear it. Right. She basically just, no, and shuns the whole, the whole gift, like disdainfully, you know, uh, which I don't blame her. You know, it's certainly given what has happened, that's within her right. And, uh, I wouldn't. I don't blame her on doing it in the slightest. However, what follows was hard to watch. So, yeah. being Switzerland, Ty, or uh, Lila tries to help her father out a little bit. You know, he made a mistake, and he really cares. And um, first of all, her mom says that I'm. Um, you know, you're taking sides and that really hurts me, which I, I was a little mm, bothered by that just because this is a child and, you know, this is not, it's not like she has a ton of experience with this happening in the family and like, what do you do as a kid? Yeah, right? exactly. And so that was hard. But while that was kind of bothersome, what came afterwards really, I struggled with trying to see her point of view. So she then went on to tell Lila specifically who her father is, that he had che- he's cheated on her all during their marriage and that she knew about some of the people she cheated on him or he had cheated on her with. I didn't like that at all. That that to me is really something you don't do with your children when it comes to uh any marital problems and this is not something i think you air out the the dirty laundry of the marriage to the to the child that's just that was like that's off the off the table you don't talk about you know know, your personal drama with your child you you know don't tell them your hardships you don't like it's one thing to you know reach out to your kid and when they're old enough like lila for something a little less you know, crushing of her mentality, her idea of her father. Like, that's the wrong thing to do. Like, her relationship for her father, with her father, is a good one. It doesn't have to be a reflection of his relationship with her mother. It's just wrong thing to do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This isn't something that I feel is necessary, and she's laying this out on her and you don't do that with a kid and and of course she's upset now i mean she knows the truth and she opens up the door and tells her father to to get out and she's you know sobbing and crying at the door and what do you do there yeah i mean like your whole whole idea of who your father was just comes crashing and crumbling i mean that's so that's heartbreaking i couldn't even imagine yeah. So that really kind of ends that with with Buddy and everything, but Lila's not done. Okay, <laughs> she's got a couple more things, and uh, I'm going to. Well, I'm going to skip it? the Jason and Lila stuff because uh, we we got to talk about Jason and everything. So let's just skip ahead to Lila getting into one of the vehicles at her father's shop and ramming into a bunch of the other vehicles <laughs> with the different cars there and she just goes to town yeah and then into the building itself like it was for the first moment i'm like 
I like you. <laughs> I am on board with Lila now. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it was a very powerful moment, obviously. Very powerful. Um, you know, it's born of anger. She feels that her father has uh, been someone different all, their, all her life. Um, betrayed the family. Put his desires in front of the needs of the family. Yeah, yeah, and she, you know, she has a right to be angry, but she shouldn't have learned about it in the first place. But she not not in that way, especially. No, no, not when it's not put into a certain context or given to you at a different time, and probably nicer setting than that. Yeah. Um, but powerful, nevertheless. It is a a moment that. It's almost cathartic, and it's not even just about Buddy. It's also about all the stuff that's been going on with her in this episode, and not and just Jason. this episode, but in yeah, and Jason, not just this episode, but the last. I mean, you could argue from the get-go, right? To a degree, in a way, that moment of cathartic destruction has been built up since episode one. Yeah, easily. Like, yes, you can argue that the beginning, you know, she took out her stress with Tim, but, you know, that was more of just putting a band-aid over an open wound. Uh, this is more just getting everything that she's been building and bottling up and putting a smile over out of her system. Right. Right, this really, I mean, the destruction of her family really opens up all the wounds because that's such a personal thing and everything else around you that's going wrong is amplified. Oh, so that's, yeah. So that's what's going on here. It's about her family is um, crumbling around her. Uh, her and Jason are, are hitting a moment where their entire relationship is being called into question. And then everything that's happened before all this, you know, the stuff with Jason getting injured, then the stuff with Tim, and it's all been snowballing, you know, until we're hitting um, the moment in her life where all this is coming to a head. You know, a lot of this is even subconscious, really. I mean, she probably hasn't thought about Tim in how long, but it's like it's been building in the back of her mind. It, you know, and over time, it's it's really coming to a head. Yeah, it's been layering and bubbling and boiling, and she just spilled over into every car, right? <laughs> into the building, every car, right? <laughs> um. Okay, so you know what? Since we're on Lila, on on Lila, why don't we just move right into Jason? Because then we can we can finish up with the two of them and the conversation that they have. Um, Jason. It starts out the episode with him. He's at the uh, the scrimmage practice, you know, whatever game they have, and uh, he is like a man possessed. Yeah, right, he's, he's out there and taking names. Right, he's uh, catching balls, making great passes. I mean, he clearly looks like the best player out there, bar none. You know, yeah. um, he's faster than everybody else. He's obviously, I think, maybe the best athlete, as Herc does tell him. Um, in the next scene that he may very well be, you know, the most athletically gifted guy out there. 
Um, so he has this great, great scrimmage and then is told by the coach and the uh, the rest of the coaches, I, I guess, that he is not being sent to Beijing. Yeah, like this episode's full of heartbreak. <laughs> the look on Jason's face was just like sinking. It was awful to see. That was, he said it like he needed that. Like he needed to hold on to something. But I love, I love what Herc said that, um, oh my God, I'm going to mess it up. Um, something about the team isn't therapy. Oh, it, yeah. It's, it's about championships, not therapy. Yes. I love yeah. that line. It's right. so and true. I, That's what he was using it as. I, I agree. I do. However, that being said, I, I mean, I, I get what they said when it came to him not making the team with Herc, with what he said, you know, about, you know, he's not comfortable in a wheelchair yet. I I guess maybe, but I tell you what, for someone not being comfortable in a wheelchair, he was kicking ass and taking names. So he can't be that uncomfortable in a wheelchair, you know, yeah, like it I, felt, it felt weird to me. Like you're trying to use this as an excuse as to why he didn't make the team. But it, you know, it's not like he was middle of the pack out there. Like he was, doing okay but he wasn't excelling because then you could say all right you know look you're not ready yet you're obviously you're not along well enough to be an asset at beijing but then he goes out there and he's just kicking ass so you know how is he not ready how is he uncomfortable in a wheelchair and he was moving around great he's been moving around great for quite some time so I don't know. It was one of those things. I don't know if it was just the show just chose to show him in a positive light and uh, out in the field or on the, the floor. And this was the storyline they had to implement or what. But I just thought, OK, you know, he's making you guys look like fools out there and he's supposedly not ready. So, yeah, I didn't understand their decision like at all. Like, why would like. I can kind of see like they know the other players and they're reliable and maybe Jason would be a liability. But I mean, with something that good, you could take that risk. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, anyway, that being said, he didn't make the team. He's bummed out. So there's this party afterwards. All the guys there, obviously they're celebrating and everything. And he's down. You know, he's just kind of, I don't know, he's obviously not in a good place mentally, right? But he has some company, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know what her name is. I'm always going to call her Fern. Do you know oh, her name no, is? It's Su- Susie. Susie, okay. She looks like a Fern. Um, But yeah, Susie, of course, comes and comforts him, you know, talks to him, um... Uh, in a sh- he has to wait around the week with Herc because he's his ride home. So that's just gonna be lots of pain for him. And she says she's going to a place near Dylan to drop off a refrigerator. Weird, weird excuse, but okay. Um, and she offers him a ride. <laughs> I don't understand the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that is an excuse to get him you know, to go with her or whatever. I mean, I I would assume it has to be real. Otherwise, you'd be like, I've got to deliver a refrigerator, so... I want to see her actually, like, taking her fridge. 
Joat right. just as an excuse to drive there with him. And then drive it back. And then drive it back. <laughs> and have somebody like take it in for her because it was just a, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that's the case, but it would be funny. It'd be awesome. Right. <laughs> like just next episode, we just see her putting her fridge back. <laughs> um. All right, so Herc has that conversation with Jason. Oh, yes. Um, so that, you know, doesn't work out too well initially. But then Jason, a little later on, kind of admits to the fact that Herc's right and uh, he's wrong. He was sorry for being a bit of an asshole. And Susie's understanding. You know, obviously she's um, a good ear. She listens well, uh, very sympathetic to his uh, problems. Offers him the ride. And we... We get into the car with them or the vehicle with them or the, I guess the truck and they're driving along, you know, having these good conversations and she mentions about stopping to see something on the way there. He's up for it. He's game. And it turns out to be Stonehenge 2. Yeah. I want to know if this place legit exists. <laughs> I think so. Is this a thing? Is this an American I- Stonehenge <laughs> I, I believe, yes, it's there. I mean, that that would be a lot of work to put that together. I, I think that's true. I didn't look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's right. It's pretty cool. I want to see it. Um, They are there, and I feel like this was very much planned by her. You know, this felt like a plan by her. Yeah, this to... is kind of a whimsical place. Well, okay, so it's very secluded. Nobody else is around, you know, so they have privacy. Now, granted, they had privacy in the vehicle, right? But this is definitely, um, they're on the road, nobody's around. And it wasn't like we, they just got there and started making out or anything. So they're having a conversation and she straight up asks him about why he got engaged. Yeah, very bluntly. And... He is just kind of shy about the answer. Like, he doesn't, he eventually comes out and says, like, we were in a fight. So I just kind of proposed, which is definitely not the best reason. I like her answer, though, the, uh, oh, I'd propose. <laughs> right. Well, the the reason that she says that is because he admits that he did it out of desperation. Yeah. They you didn't know? want to lose her along with right. everything else. And, but here's the thing this is the first time we've, We've heard this from him. Mm-hmm. You know, up until this point, it's all been, you know, I want to get married and you're the most important thing in the world and nothing is more important than you and me. But now he's actually admitting to her something he probably has only admitted to himself very recently, if not in that moment. Right? Because if you really think about it, Lila was down there, what, a few days ago? She hasn't been up home that long. She's only been up home for a few days, maybe a week, right? So uh, so they just slept together when she was down successfully yeah. for the first time since he was um, paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, um, so you, you, that happens and it was obviously a big deal, all things considered, because the problems that, you know, he encounters and... They haven't been able to do that. So, yeah. I mean, now he's here with her and he's admitting that it was all out of desperation. He needed something good in his life. He he needed this. He needed her 
to be there for him and to not lose her. He couldn't lose her along with everything else that he'd lost, which was his future, college, you know, a scholarship, all those things, all those dreams that he had, they were gone, right? And if he lost her, he really would have lost everything. And he probably wouldn't have been able to handle it. Right. And um, she is getting closer as the scene progresses, right? She's first sitting a few feet away, and then she's sitting next to him. And then next thing you know, she's like literally on his lap. And he says, you know, it's so easy to talk to you. Why is it so easy? And, you know, it is. You can tell, like, it's easy to talk to her. And he he can't help it. He's saying things he he won't even tell himself. He's suddenly telling her truthful things. So. And then they make it. (laughs) Right. So. Now, now let me ask you a question. What did you think of this scene? Well, I'll put it this way. All the scenes in this episode with the two of them together. And what do you think of her as a character? Your opinion. Well, I like I like Jason okay. as he is with her a okay. lot better than I like Jason without her. I like the honesty. It seems like we actually get to a genuine person with no layers, no shields up. And I really like that. I really like seeing that about him. Her... I haven't even built an attachment to her yet. Like, if she had ended up not coming back, I probably wouldn't care. But I like what she does for Jason. I like who Jason is when he's around her. And that's all I get from her right now. Okay. Uh, I agree. Okay. I agree. I like that they have probably the relationship that he should have with Lila. Yeah. Very much Um, so. Now, to be fair... With Lila, there's just a lot of pain and a lot of baggage. And obviously, the thing with Tim is always going to color that to a certain extent. It's always going to be the the big elephant in the room with the two of them. Even though they've picked up afterwards and they got engaged and all this stuff, I still feel like it's that shadow that hangs over that relationship constantly. In fact, what we'll talk about in a second is going to refer to that so... Let's just jump right into it. So they kiss. Um, Jason is back home. Uh, Lila's there in his room. And she wants to know why he didn't call her. Yeah, I guess he's been home for like two days and didn't call her. Um, But she's been calling him nonstop. And of course, she's pissed about that. You know, she wants to know why her fiance isn't speaking to her. And they kind of have a really, you know, truthful conversation. Um... She eventually asks him, like, does he even want to be married to her or engaged to her? And he says, I don't know. Right. Right. Okay. So before, well, let's, we got to talk about that. Obviously, that's a huge thing. Uh, let's back up a second. Um, so she can't get a hold of him. And she wants to know why. He tells her that, hey, I'm home. I'm okay. I'm fine. Um, you know, I, I didn't make the team. But she still was kind of asking that, you know, why don't you call me? You know, I was worried. Did you think I was worried? And um, then she wants to know how he got a ride because obviously her wasn't going to be back, right? So where did he get the ride? That's when he finally admits that Susie gave him a ride. And so of like course, she the, knows. The, yeah, the moment that her name comes up, Lila's like hackles rise. You know, she's just. 
well, yeah, okay, so I see, well, obviously, there's this girl, and she's totally into you, and you're totally into her, obviously, you know, and he says, look, I didn't sleep with her, right? I didn't have an affair, which... I didn't do anything. Right, which, that's not true. Bullshit. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> However, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's, he should have lied here, but um, she doesn't know that, though. You know, for all she knows, it's the truth. But... She has had her, you know, suspicions and she's just been very confrontational regarding this girl since she met her, you know. Um, now, the last episode, like the moment she met her, like the moment she saw her, like when she like inspected Jason's tattoo and was like, oh, it looks like it's healing. Like her, she was already like, oh, God, okay, this is a girl and I'm going to like kick her ass, you know, <laughs> from the get go. Now, to be fair, you know, she had just watched her parents get into this giant fight and she's obviously she was obviously very in a lot of pain and there was just a lot going on so i kind of gave her a little bit of a pass last week in that i i can understand just with the kind of raw emotion that was kind of like what she was dealing with at the time um kind of was like okay like that wasn't cool but I'm not going to like sit here and like, you know, destroy you for, for that, you know, I'm not going to hold it against you. Right. But in this week here, you know, again, she's just like totally like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, obviously she's in love with you and you're in love with her and da da da. And it's like, okay, Lila, look, I mean, granted he, what he just did at, at Stonehenge would obviously be something she would be very pissed at and deservedly so, but she doesn't know that. But are you know? But she's um still very much, you know, against this girl. Even though really she hasn't done anything wrong at all. No, she's just been. She, I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, let's look at at the actual proof. What does Lila know about about Susie? She's a girl that Jason met. Apparently, she's uh, just someone that the team knows well in general. Um, she's friendly with Jason. Not a crime. And other than that, gave him a ride home. That's it. And tattooed him. And tattooed him. But that could be anybody. I mean, who cares? You know, but obviously she gave him a tattoo and she's a girl and therefore she must die. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just what it feels <laughs> like. Catfight extraordinaire. Right. It, it doesn't, she shouldn't hate her as much as she does because there's really very little basis for it. But like yeah. the moment that she met her, it was like, you know, I must, I must kill you. Because obviously you are friendly to my fiance, and you gave him a tattoo, and therefore um, you can't live. You obviously want to sleep with him, have his babies, and marry him, of course. Right. It's just it's taking things to such an extreme when she hasn't really done anything. I think to deserve that from Lila's point of view. Now we know more, obviously. We know yeah. more because we're the audience. But from Lila's point of view, she has very little to be suspicious of in general. Yeah, Lila's point of view is being fueled by the, you know, um, cheating that her dad has done and what he's caused the family. And she's obviously taking out on this poor girl. Right. But then, of course, as we were talking, we get to that last question, which was, do you want even want to be you know, engaged. Do you want to get married? And 
he says, I don't know. And this is the honesty that he showed with Susie that he's finally sharing with Lila, but obviously it's not honesty that's going to bring about any, anything good between the two of them. This is the end, really, yeah. I think. Like, I personally think the second either party cheats, that's the end. <laughs> it's just a downhill from there. Uh, but this is just like the final straw. They're coming to the realization that, you know, they, neither of them, it's not a healthy relationship anymore for either of them. Well, the other has been their crutch. You know, like for, like Jason said, I, I proposed out of desperation. And I think Lila has been holding on to Jason as well because it's safe. And I'm not saying that, that she doesn't love him, and I'm not saying that he doesn't or hasn't loved her, but I think between the two of them, um, this relationship was changed and altered a long time ago. Yeah. You know, not long after his accident, it changed. You it's know. no longer based on, you know, their love for each other. That's not their sole reason for being together anymore. Now their sole reason to being with each other is that they're each other's crutches. Right. And their relationship is based on a dream they once ha- they once had. It doesn't exist anymore. And it's like they're they're now trying to push a uh round peg through a square hole. Um <laughs> and before it was a round peg into a round hole but that shape has changed and it's not fitting properly dirty right <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't mean that in that way however uh yeah um so that kind of ends things there in this episode with them so we will have to see how that plays out because that's a it's a big development between these two yeah and the other interesting developmental relationship. Should we talk about Tim next? Yeah, we can do that. Um, <laughs> so more Tim and Bo action this week. <laughs> I love him and this kid so much. Right. Um, so Tim gets a knock on his door. Bo's mom shows up and she wants to know if Tim has cleaned out the gutters. He says, yes, I have. And she says, please don't do that. Uh, if I want them cleaned, I'll clean them myself. And you can get from the way she says this, like she doesn't want, she doesn't want Tim to overstep the bounds between them of just neighbor to neighbor. Yeah, right. but then she follows it up with, "By the way, can you pick my kid up after school?" Right. After school. So it it's like having her cake and eating it too, right? Yeah. So I keep you at a distance. However, can you do me a solid? Um, <laughs> and she has to go in and work a shift. Because someone called off. Um, she obviously just got the job recently, so she can't afford to say no, despite the fact that the work place she's working for knows that she is a single mom, has a kid. So she asks Tim to go pick Bo up. Well, Tim's a little late, but when he gets there, he finds that Bo has been uh, is being picked on by four other kids, much bigger four kids. Big kids. Oh, they're pushing him around. They're picking on him. And apparently this is a daily occurrence, unfortunately. Poor Bo. And uh, Tim gets out and threatens all of them, but specifically one kid with uh, punching a hole through his chest and ripping his heart out. So 
I specifically stopped the scene, rewounded, and showed my husband, like, this is you. Like, this is my husband to a T. If anyone, like, fucked with me or our kid, like, he would just, <laughs> no matter what age they are, he's going to put the fear of God in them. And that's, like, so Tim. Right. Uh, well, tell him uh, I give him kudos. <laughs> Thumbs up from me. Um, so this is great. I love this, right? He defends Bo. Bo can't defend himself here. He's too, he's small. He's so little. He, yeah, he's little. And so he can't do much. Against four kids, what are you going to do, right? Um, so Tim asks him, does this happen like often? And Bo says, every day. And I love how he says, I can't believe Tim Riggins is picking me up from school today. <laughs> like, it's such a so big... So cute. <laughs> uh, it's like the best thing in the world. Like, I can't believe it. This is like the the mayor picking me up or, or the queen picking me up. You know, it's a, an amazing thing for him. So I know, cool. and like how like shivering in their pants were these kids to see like one of the star players of the Panthers, you know, coming up and showing them what's what. Right. So um, his mom gets home, Bo's mom. But when she pulls in, you got Tim there in, and he's having Bo punch his hands, you know, left, right, left, right. She gets out of the car and wants to know what's going on. And that's when Bo informs him that uh, Tim Riggins is teaching me how to kick some ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just the cutest inflection in his voice. Right. Um, and so she has Bo go get her a, a soda with a lime. And she confronts Tim about showing her son how to fight because apparently she is a pacifist. And uh, Tim gives a good argument where he says, you know, look, you can be as much of a pacifist as you want, but when he's at school, being a pacifist is going to get your ass kicked. And so he says he needs to learn how to defend himself because you have four kids that are picking on him and you can't be there to protect him all the time. He needs to learn to defend himself and stand up for himself. Right. And she kind of, I guess, takes in the argument and gives it some weight. Give it some merit and lets them continue. Yep. And, and then invite, invites them yeah. to <laughs> watch Back to the Future. Right. For the 800th million, 800 millionth time, I guess. So. <laughs> Must be a favorite of Bose. Right. Uh, that happens. They're watching the movie and uh, she and Bo are both asleep on Tim's shoulders. It's so cute. Right. So he gets up, carries Bo to bed um comes out she thanks him for coming over da 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 and uh he moves in and just kisses her and uh yeah well she has the appropriate reaction you know you're a kid you know don't do that and he's like should i leave yeah you should leave (laughs) right so he he leaves um now, he has some interaction with uh, Jason, which we'll get to eventually here, uh-huh. and uh, some other people. So we're not, we'll are we'll get to that when we get to that, but let's just jump ahead to the rest of the drama with Bo and family. Uh, so Tim comes back from a late night out with buddies, and she's there sitting on the bench. Who knows how long she's been sitting there? <laughs> Did you have yeah. a nightcap out there? Like I, I feel like she's been there for like three hours. Who knows? So anyway, she, he gets out of the car, approaches, sits down on, on the bench, and 
he apologizes yeah, for very nice. kissing her. And he means it. He understands he's overstepped his bounds. Uh, he shouldn't have done it. And um, he apologizes and says, okay, stands up. Starts to walk away and she grabs his hand. Yep. So they go inside. They're already kissing. She says, Bo can never know. And obviously we can infer that uh, sex is happening. Yep. Apparently so. being a kid isn't a problem for her. <laughs> right. Uh, so. What were your thoughts? <laughs> At first, that's like, oh, he's officially Daddy Riggins now. <laughs> right. But but look, how old is Tim? 17. Six, he's got to be 16, 17. 17. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, you know, I suppose that close enough. I, I guess I'm I, not the best advocate for older relationships. That's pretty much all of mine have ever been. So this right. isn't too weird for me. Um, but, you know, if any cop finds out, that's going to be bad news for you guys. Right. Well, okay, so how, how old were you and you, uh, how old are you and your husband, different ones? Uh, he's three years older than me, and that's the closest relationship in years I've had. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, okay. It's just one of those things where you're like, I, I don't know, I, I guess... When I first watched this episode, I thought when this happened, and I, and I don't say this in, in a bad way. I'm not trying to be uh, judgmental when I say this, but my first thoughts were, she must be really lonely. <laughs> I, I you know, and I and look, I look. Taylor Keish is is a very good looking guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could look like him. I don't. So, yeah. Okay, if I if I did, well, you know, that'd be awesome. I don't. Um so obviously he's um easy on the eyes, I'm sure, for anybody that would be attracted to him. So that's great. And I'm sure that even though he's much, much younger than she is, yeah, you know, sure since she met him, he's pretty nice to look at, right? However, that being said, um, you know, he's in high school, <laughs> you know. Apparently and she's almost 20 years older than him. She's got about 18 years older than him. Because he said she's in her mid-30s. Right, at least. So Crazy. If she's, she doesn't look like. <laughs> no, right. But um, let's, let's, okay, let's say she's 35 years old. Okay. Um, she's 35, <laughs> you know. Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like judgmental here, like, or anything, but at the same time, thinking like that's what I said. You know, she must be lonely. You know, and, and I don't know. Maybe she just she's new to the area. She, you know, she here's a guy who is nice to her kid, and someone who whom her kid is very um, affectionate towards. Uh, they have a, apparently a good relationship, um, which I really like. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, but man, I mean. He says he has to go home after this and do homework. She could have been an adult and gave birth to Tim and <laughs> to be 17 when she's still 35. Like, right. She could have given birth to him at 18, being an adult, and <laughs> would still be the age he is now at the age she is now. 
that and see that's what i'm saying i mean like that's what's weird about it you know it's it's just what's weird about it and um it, you know i don't know you know i mean i'm not i'm not here to try to be like you know cut you know cover and throw it into the prison uh per se but you know it's just a weird thing you know to to see her give in when she she knows obviously i shouldn't be doing this yeah like this that's isn't not good you know, i'm the adult here uh we're not talking about a five-year age difference or anything we're talking about a 18 year age difference and yeah, uh you know it's not like so, may december it's may ming dynasty <laughs> right so look but I, I love the relationship between Bo and him right riggins and Bo, they're he likes the kid you know he says like he's kind of weird and everything kind of goofy but i like him he's a good kid and he's very much a big brother he's kind of oddly enough taken to this very easily uh, and very i thought him for it and you can see the maturation with him in this season you know we talked a little bit about last week but tim never would have done this season or episode one never would have happened oh, no. no one would but, let him near their child right but but we've seen him make strides big strides this this year so yeah i don't know i like the, i like the relationship it's just that this relationship um it's just not it's not something that bodes well it, it doesn't you know the age so. difference doesn't make too much difference to me but it's the idea that you know I can't really see them staying together if he goes off to college and Bo gets attached to him. That's the relationship that bothers me. Like, what's going to happen, you know, between him and Bo? Like, if he comes into their life in a romantic figure for the mother, he would become a father figure for Bo. And if he just disappears, I mean, that's horrible. Right. Uh, okay. So that pretty much ends that. Let's jump into Smash real quick. Um, his storyline is pretty light this week. He does have a bit with uh, Riggins and uh, Saracen and all that. So we'll get to that too because we got to kind of cover all this together. But let's just touch on the when the one brief scene this week that really focused on Smash. It was him and Waverly in the car. They're driving along and it appears like Waverly is on her medication again. Right? Mm -hmm. She's not acting, you know, completely... Um, up and down uh, and she she's very honest right she's talking about the fact that she was off her medication uh they're in the car and then they're eventually sitting like on the steps talking yeah. and she uh, admits that she wasn't in africa last year that she was in dallas with her aunt and um you know they they had her in this program uh for people who have you know severe depression and mood swings which can result in suicide uh smash is freaked out and she even says you know if you could see her face right now and he says no look you, you know, can't this... blame him though oh, like that's no. hard to take yeah yeah it feels a little judgmental like oh if you could see your face i mean but it it's not something he was expecting he doesn't know how to deal with it he's a 17 year old kid but he you know what are you gonna do he probably never heard of this until that day right so she admits that she was off her medication. She's back on her medication. Uh, she's bipolar, um, which we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
that's really it. It was just a, a way of kind of really giving us a little more as information as to what really was happening with her and uh, his reaction to it. That, that's pretty much it for him this week, except for the stuff with Saracen and, and Jason and all that. So, Yeah. Oh, and uh, Stonehenge 2, it's real, it's in Texas. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, all right, there's a couple more things we have to get to this week. It'll be uh, Tyra, and we also have the Taylor family stuff. But uh, before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Smash, uh, Jason, you know, Tim, Saracen thing. Okay, so Jason goes down to the local liquor store to try to buy beer. And the guy at the counter is being an asshole. Yeah, like this seems like something he's done before and used to do when he was QB1. Right. But now that he's a cripple, he's not going to get free beer. Or not Which, free beer, but get to get buy beer. I thought about this. Um, this felt weird to me, this interaction here. Um, you know, the people that we've seen inter- interact with Jason have all treated him in a very positive manner. Um, he was QB1. He was obviously a great quarterback. He'd, he'd won many, many games. So the people that have interacted with him that I've seen have all treated him in a very, very good way, right? All the townspeople. I've never be seen anybody openly hostile towards Jason. And I wouldn't say this guy's openly hostile. I, I guess I would say more dismissive. But I've never even seen that before. So this is like the first time we've ever seen Jason being treated by somebody in uh, in a negative manner, right? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it's because like, hey, I don't want to sell you beer so your parents can come sue me too. Maybe. And maybe, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe that's it. Because everybody knows that he he's suing, you know, Eric in the family yes. and all that. So you know what? Now that you mention that, that does sound like that's probably, you know, what's happening. Because he did mention that to Susie on the truck ride. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're probably right. So anyway, uh, Tim comes in, goes over, grabs uh, a couple more, uh, I guess, 12 packs of beer, 24. I don't remember which size they were. But he grabs them out of the cooler, puts them up there with Jason's, and then... The guy's like, do you have ID, sir? And so, <laughs> knowing full well that Tim was going to be pulling out a fake ID, um, Tim pulls out uh, an ID which apparently makes him out to be a uh, a member of the uh, army or something. He's a yes, sergeant. Sergeant Riggins. Sergeant Riggins. <laughs> and um, everybody kind of smiles and smirks. Jason laughs and they pick up the, the beers and they, they leave. Uh, Jason's about ready to go off and probably get himself hammered um, when they see Smash and uh, Saracen are both in a vehicle. They see Riggins and Tim get out and convince Jason to go with them. And they all go to the football field and they're kind of drinking and talking and they compare each other's girl problems and problems in general. And Jason's like, hey, I'm in a wheelchair. I always win. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I like that. It's a power move. (laughs) And, uh, that's when Saracen, you know, admits that he isn't confident about his prospects with the, the game, with the playoffs. He's like, maybe I can get us to the semifinals, but I'm not going to go beyond that. I'm just, I can't do it. And Jason 
says, all right, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to, we're going to do these, these drills. You're going to start throwing these passes. Um, you got to be big. If you want to win big, you've got to play big. And he runs them through some drills, some passes. And the, the final one is an out route, which is I call it a deep out. So essentially what that means is the wide receiver runs straight down the field. And then at some point, so many yards down, he'll immediately stop on a dime, cut to the right and run towards the sideline. And when that happens, the quarterback then throws the ball out to the point where only the wide receiver can catch it. All right. Because if they don't, if the throw isn't, isn't made precisely right, the cornerback or the person that's the, from the other team that's covering that wide receiver can jump in front of that ball, catch it. And it's probably a touchdown for the other team. So, uh, Saracen, makes that throw. He's like, I, I can't do this. A lot of NFL quarterbacks or college quarter, college quarterbacks can't make this throw. And uh, he does it. He makes it. And so for one brief moment, you see, wow, Jason, you know, maybe he could be a coach or something, you know? Yeah. Like, he's a very good mentor and tutor for him. He could, you know, if uh, Eric goes off, takes the job in TMU, then maybe Jason could just take his place. Right. Uh, yeah. So that pretty much ends that scene. That that we're done with all of them. So let's jump into the Tyra household this week. Big stuff going on here with Tyra. I really like this episode with Tyra. It was it was really good. Um, and we start out with Tammy talking to Tyra. This is a follow-up from last week where Ty was like, you know, come by my by my room. Uh, we'll talk about your academic future. And they're doing just that in the beginning of this episode. Tammy is telling Tyra, you know, I think if you do this, 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 and this, you can get into a junior college. And then who the hell knows, you can get into a big college and chase your dreams. Yeah. And, you know, at first Tyra's just like, you really think I can do this? Like... No one in my family, you know, barely leaves high school. Like, I don't think I can do this. But, you know, Tammy, you know, just instills some more faith in her. And soon she ends up believing in herself. Right. Um, we have uh, Tammy enlisting Tyra's mom, uh, trying to get her to, if like, if they can both come at her at the same time with a well-coordinated attack, they can, you know, get her to do this, you know, and, and that's when Tammy reveals that Tyra is very close to failing. Yeah, and talking to Tyra's mother in the scene is like talking to a brick wall that has an attitude. Right. <laughs> like, there's no reception whatsoever. She doesn't even really want to hear any of it. She doesn't have faith in her kid at all. Okay, well, you know what? It's not, I think, that she has faith faith a lack of faith in tyra i think it's a little bit of fear that she would lose tyra you know if tyra gets up and leaves and goes off to college she's losing her child it's selfishly this is a selfish thing she it's not like she wants her to fail but um it may be a little bit of envy you know, like my my child outshining me. Um, that's kind of what I... Which is something you should want. Right, but 
you know, she depends on Tyra for a lot and a lot of emotional support, which you get the feeling that Mindy isn't really there that much. She's, you know, doing her own thing. Um, right. <laughs> and, um, so Tyra is really all she has. And so if she loses Tyra to academic future, uh, you know, she'll have nobody. And so I think it's a selfish way of her trying to dismiss the notion, not because she doesn't think Tyra can do it, but partially because she doesn't think she needs it. But mostly that's out of the necessity of having Tyra around to be her support. That's what I think it's about. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's quite accurate. You know, she seems like a very dependent person. Right. So Tyra um, is doing her homework. Her mom is yapping her ear off. She's like, Mom, I got to do this. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, you keep doing it. You need a pedicure. And eventually she tries to get Tyra to go get like a pedicure, which I think sounds like it works. Could get the feeling like she probably did go. Um, but then... You don't turn down a pedicure. Right. Um, so then we have Tara showing up at the Taylor household now they, they're in a bit of an argument but we'll get to them eventually uh, Tara shows up Tara's doing um, her studying and uh, Tammy's there Eric's making his, his supposed award winning chili uh, which we'll get to and, uh, and they're, they're just you can see Tara is having a blast it's for her, this is like, wow, this is like a family I wish I had, you know? She's looking at Tammy and Eric with admiration, like, that's a real relationship. That's what I want in life. Right, right. This is like, I wish I had this family. This is so cool, you know? Because um, it's obviously a loving family, and she can tell, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, that's when her mom shows up. Uh, she just comes in and she like from the get go she's like oh hi you know no we can't stay we've got to go we've got to go you know I go I I'm actually I have dinner at home you know I, I make three squares and squeeze three square meals a day like like all other good parents or something like that um, and just basically grabs hold of Tyra and drags her out the door and Tyra is you know pissed like you, you know you're embarrassing me like what's going on and she's like that's when her mom goes full out like I I think you know in my opinion you know. She shouldn't be filling your head with dreams that you can't, you know, accomplish because, you know, we can't afford college, da-da-da, so, you know, all, all this doesn't matter. And uh, Tyra is pissed about it, you know. She's being told by her own mother, you might as well not even try. Yeah, and that's just like the look of defeat and heartbreak on Tyra is just so sad. Right. Um. She really wanted this. She wanted to try and wanted to be something. She did. And her mom isn't even supporting her. Not bad. I an awful feeling. Right. So then Tyra, uh, they're at a restaurant. It's the night of the father-daughter dance. And um, Tyra is, he, she's angry. I, I get the feeling like this is where they went to right after that. They got in the vehicle. They, of course, they didn't go home for a meal because, of course, she didn't cook anything. And they went out to eat. <laughs> And uh, Tyra wants to talk about it. She wants to know what's going on. Um, she's angry and her mom doesn't want to talk about it. She gets flustered and says, I got to get out of here. Let's leave now. And so they leave. Um, so they get into the car. They're driving down the road. And that's when Tyra 
unleashes on her mom and says, you know, I want to do this. I want to try this. I think I can do this. I think I have dreams. I, I think I can accomplish these dreams, but I can't do them without you. I need your help. I cannot accomplish what I want to do without your help. And finally, finally, it it's <laughs> like it finally gets through. Like her mom finally understands this isn't being put pressured on her by Tammy. Her daughter is actually telling her, no, look, I want to do this. I want to do this. Not Tammy's not forcing me to do this. I want to do this. And it feels like that finally breaks through and she whips the vehicle around. They go back to the father daughter dance. They have a, <laughs> a, you know, a very heartwarming dance between the two of them. And it, Oh, and she admits to Tyra that she'll help her do everything she needs to do to achieve her, her dreams. Yeah, it ended up being quite a nice moment. The father-daughter dance, I think, I find is really strange. Right. Right. Uh, so let's let's do that. Let's talk about the Taylor family this week. A lot of big stuff. Now, you said that, that um, the Lila stuff was what you felt was the biggest thing this week. I think that the Taylor household stuff was really big. I think it was the biggest thing this week because the ramifications from everything – it was occurring, you know, I mean, wide ranging implications. So let's talk about what yeah, happens so. here. So Eric gets a call and is fully offered by TMU to join their staff. Yes. And Tammy is already picking out houses. <laughs> oh, she's like, okay, I can get this and this and this and this and all this awesome stuff. And uh, that's when Julie comes in and she learns some big news. Yeah, so they actually tell her that they're, well, she figures out right away, like, her mom's looking at houses, like, we're moving again, aren't we? And up until this point, that's never been a huge problem for her because she never really laid any roots. But, you know, she's got a boyfriend, she's got real friends, she's got a life she set up here, and she doesn't want to leave it, rightfully so. Like, she ha this is home to her now. Right. I mean, she gets angry uh, when she finds us out. She she storms out the door, uh, says, I will not be father or I won't be attending the father daughter dance. <laughs> and um, then we have another scene with. Uh, I think, oh, the um, Tammy and Eric are dancing. Uh, it's very adorable, by the way. And. Mm -hmm. Julie is just throwing daggers at them. And she's got the death stare down. Right. And um again she she makes her anger known and she's not going to the father daughter dance. And that's when Tammy says, Look, you're going to the father daughter dance, you're going to stand there, I'm gonna take a pic pretty picture of the two of you, and you're gonna make me you both are gonna make me happy for once. So happy able to look back on this when I'm older with fondness. Right. Um <laughs> And that, that's the moment that Tyra shows up, kind of interrupts this, you know, spat. Yeah. Uh, and then they're getting dressed. Eric's getting dressed for the father-daughter dance. And um, uh, Julie shows up at the doorway. Um, again, she's like, look, I'm going to do one dance and then I'm coming home. They go to the dance. Eric and, and Julie do. They're sitting in the truck. Julie wants to know why they're not going in, and Eric says, 
uh, I think we need to talk. And I'm going to play this clip of, you know, of this whole thing here because it is, let me put it this way. Whether, you know, when I have a kid, whether it's a, a son or a daughter, it doesn't matter which one. This clip encapsulates what I hope I can be as a father. I mean, to, the, to me, this little speech that Eric has here, and I hate to call it a speech. It's not really a speech. Um, but what he says to her, to her, yeah, what he says to her is it's honest, it's truthful, and it is affectionate, it's understanding, it's warm. Um, it's perfect. <laughs> it really is. Um, all right, so I'm going to let you play this clip, or I'm going to play this clip, and uh, we'll talk about it in a second. So, aren't we gonna go in? Uh-uh. I wanna talk to you about something. About you and Matt. Uh, Dad, I don't think- Just hang on a second, let me finish, please. I know you two are very close. And I know that it's not easy on you leaving this town. And I apologize to you for being insensitive about that. I am sorry. Mom tell you to say that? No, this is all mine. I also want to say that you are 15 years old and you are not going to dictate where this family is going to live. But you are also 15 years old and you also deserve the respect and you deserve to have your opinion heard by both your mother and myself. Do you really want to know my opinion? I do. My opinion is that when you told me we were going to move to Dillon, I seriously wanted to vomit. And my opinion when we got here was that every fear I had about moving came true. And then it changed. And I was actually happy. I've been moving around my entire life. And for the first time, it just felt like I was at home. And and I know going to Austin and being some college football coach is your dream. But I have dreams too. And they're coming true right here. I hear you. So we should just go in and get this over with. All right. Okay, so what did you think of that clip? I mean, like when you first watched this episode, what when this whole scene played out, what was going through your mind? I think this is a moment that all teenagers wish their parents would right. have with them. You know, it's so very on the level. You know, there's no drama. It's, you know, honest. They're open with each other. It's well, there's really no, nice. there's no preaching and there's no condescension. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, 
nothing, no tone to upset each other with. It's just honesty throughout. I, through. I like um I like when Eric says, um, you're fifteen years old and you're not going to dictate where this family moves to or what this family does and he says, But you're also fifteen years old and you deserve to have your opinion heard. And she yeah. says, do you even want to know my opinion? And he says, absolutely. And he means it. And you can tell he's not just saying it um, just to mollify her. He he wants to hear what her opinion is. She She tells him her opinion. And he pays attention to what she says. And he understands. Yeah, she, is, he understands where she's coming from. Yeah, it's what a teenager or any young person wants more than anything in the world is to say something and have their parent actually hear them, and not just, you know, gloss over it or put it aside. Yeah, because I think that's what most teenagers think, which is, I want to tell you what I think, and then you're just gonna like brush it aside, like it's not. There's no weight to what I just said. Because I'm a kid or I'm a teenager, and or I tell me I'm wrong, wrong. Uh, or that my opinion is wrong, and he doesn't do that. Uh, you're right. This is what I think every teenager wishes their parent would say to them: that their opinion has merit, that it has weight with them. Um that you're actually paying attention to what they have to say and feel that it's a valid opinion. If if more parents did this, I think more parents would have great, great relationships with their kids. And I think I think you yeah, this is something absolutely. I feel like you have to start from an early age though. Or it's better if you start from an early age. Yeah. Like make sure that you say something to this effect when they're younger than fifteen, you know. Because, it, yeah. And right, build it from there. Right. So, anyway, I love this scene. Um, another great moment between Eric and, and Julie. Uh, they've had some really great moments this season, and this is one of the best ones they've ever had. Yeah, this is very, a very open, honest view into their relationship. Right. Uh, so, they go in, they do the, the dance. Um, it's it, it appears like they're having a much better time than they were going to have, and I get the feeling like they stayed for more than one dance, you know. Although we don't know. Yeah, probably have a nice um, time. We get to the next the next day. Eric is out in the yard. He's talking to TMU. He, he says uh, something to the effect of, "You know, thank you very much, and uh, I'll talk to you later." Uh, finishing up the conversation, he goes inside, and Julie's on pins and needles, and. They ask what he said, and he said, um, I told them that I, my family needs some time. And, uh, you know, that he's going to give them his opinion, at, uh, yes or no, at a later date. Um, and Julie gets up and, and hugs him. And, uh, it again, it's um, this moment where change is on the horizon and yet, despite all that, the possibility at least, Eric is telling his family with this one action. Julie, definitely. I mean, obviously Tammy too. But he's telling Julie 
I'm not putting the job first. I may take the job, but I'm not putting the job above family. You know, he could have just said yes or no. He could have just accepted it. But he's he's making sure that the decision that he does make is the right one. And he's not just going to jump into it blindly. Yeah. He does realize that, you know, if they just pick up and go, they're leaving behind, you know, quite a bit. And, like, Julie's got a life. But also Tammy has a job that she enjoys. And it it would be a complete change in their whole world. Right. You know, and that pretty much kind of ends the episode there. Um, this episode is really, really good. And obviously we get from the, the title that changes are coming. And we see that all throughout the episode. Obviously it's a big theme. Um, not just with the Taylors, Tyra. Um Mm-hmm. We're really seeing this with everybody. The relationship between Jason and Lila, right? Um, Lila and her father. Right. Everything is is coming to a head. And we talked earlier about how we thought that the, it, all of the stuff with Lila has been building since episode one. Right? And you can argue yeah. to a degree that that's kind of the same with everybody. You know? Yeah. Everyone's like... The point of Jason getting hurt is just ground zero for everyone to change and develop into a different person. Right. Um, I mean, Eric's is probably a little harder just because the whole TMU thing kind of just came out of nowhere. But at the same time, not really. Because with Jason going down, he's had to improvise. He's had to use Matt Saracen, who, you know, obviously isn't as nearly as uh, athletically gifted as Jason has been and yet still somehow he's managed to take this team to the playoffs and that is what is getting him this job offer i fully think that if jason street was still playing at quarterback he wouldn't be getting this job offer from tmu because he would simply be doing what he was supposed to be doing and the team would be great as it was supposed to be but the fact that he was able to take his team and yet still managed to do so much despite having limitations. This is what's getting him this job offer. Yeah, the fact that he can, you know, develop someone who was a backup and barely played at all into an actual, like, full-fledged quarterback is pretty amazing. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, Tim, you know, Tim is... Uh, like a pseudo father to, to Bo, or, or at the very least, a big brother. Yep. Um, he's obviously engaged in some amorous activities uh, with a much older woman. Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody's life is right at the crossroads right now. You know, uh, Tim, or not Tim, uh, Jason and Lila, they're at a crossroads. You know, things could go downhill very quickly. You know, and we'll find out what happens. You know pretty soon um but everybody's at a yeah everybody's in a moment where everything's going to change or could change at least yeah it's a pivotal point for everyone in this episode i mean everything could take a step in any direction next episode okay now 
what okay give me your kind of summation of your thoughts regarding this episode i'm really interested to see where this is all leading to um the build-up of you know the drama of buddy garrity and lila i can't wait to see his reaction that'll be lovely um but i really really want to see tyra now more than ever you know graduate high school to you know get a, you know an early acceptance into like a college you know something like that for her like that would be just wonderful but i don't want to see her go but you know want something good for that character i can't wait to see how that goes um jason uh i want to see more of him i like him as a role as a coach um i could care less of him and Lila are together it's just it's so ross and rachel who cares anymore kind of thing like sick death of it just go about your separate lives for a while and if there's still something there you can always go back to it um yeah and Eric and Taylor's or Eric and Julie stuff was amazing. That's that you can tell that's what the writers put most of their effort into this episode was, you know, choosing the right wording and the right way to go about this relationship and, you know, how connected they t the two are and a great father daughter relationship. So it was a great episode. Right. Um, Okay, my thoughts on this episode are that kind of in line with what you just said in a lot of ways. Um, Lila and, and Jason, it's been an interesting relationship at times, right, between the two. However, well, okay, <laughs> but there have been moments. There's been moments that I've liked uh it, at least from a dramatic standpoint however that being said at this point the relationship has run its course we know that right so they're at a point now where i feel like they had to do this the writers knew look we can't keep doing this we can't keep stringing the, this relationship along it's not going to work we can't can't get you know much further along with the way things are right now right so they are taking steps to do what they should have done probably a few episodes ago. Um, the ta the ta yeah, oh, go ahead. Really? Yeah. No, no, no. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, it really should have been done a few more episodes ago. It's just been kind of dragging right. out a bit. Um, the the Eric and Julie stuff. Willie, the Eric, Julie, and Tammy stuff uh, is great as usual. Uh, but like you said, you highlighted the Eric <laughs> and Julie, uh, the relationship, the the spat that they had. Uh, viewpoint from both sides and obviously the conversation that the two of them have are it's really really great um i love that conversation i i, I like i said i'm i'm filing that away for you know at some point in the next 20 years um to be used <laughs> um you know the the tim stuff uh we went over that i love the bow, bow relationship the other relationship um just you know, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not trying to be judgmental. But it just feels a little icky to me, <laughs> a little icky. Uh, it's just it's just a giant disparity, you know. If this was like maybe 17 and 23, 24, maybe 25, even I, I guess I could be more. But man, like you said, 
She could have she could have had Tim at eighteen, and <laughs> and he'd be the age and he is they now. could be engaged in a very weird relationship. <laughs> they would be perfectly fine on Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, really, anything goes right. on Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, uh, I I like pretty much everything in this episode for the most part. The except the Lilith stuff uh, was good with Buddy. And, and her and then her crashing the car into his dealership and destroying stuff that was great but the lila jason stuff needs to be wrapped up very soon and thankfully i think we can see that the end is nigh yeah it's coming to a fruition so, uh what would you give this episode if you were going to give it a rating hmm. it's hard it, this one's i'm i think i'm going to give it an eight and a half um, I really liked it, but it's it's difficult to get a rating out of it. Like I have no beef with it, but I just don't feel it's it's as good as some episodes we've okay. had. So I don't want to give it as sure. high a rating. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight, eight out of ten. Uh, my biggest problem is the Lila Jason stuff. I I guess. This many episodes into the season, I'm just um, I'm kind of over it. I'm over the I'm over yeah. the the relationship, and maybe it's because I'm so used to eight, ten, and twelve episode seasons. I mean, it, no, when I, I'm going to say this, and look, I don't mind shows where we have twenty two episode seasons. It doesn't bother me. It's not like oh my god, we're at 20 episodes uh, you know we're not even done with season one yet that doesn't bother me but i think it's because i'm so used to a lot of i think fat that exists on on shows that normally have that kind of length don't exist anymore because we're getting shows that have much shorter seasons and therefore they cut out a lot of the episodes that just don't really add any value now i think of all the shows that I've ever seen with 22 episode seasons, I would say Friday Night Lights is probably one of the best, maybe the best I can off the top of my head when it comes to having very little fat because I feel like they take each episode and they really inject it with a lot of good stuff. So there isn't much fat on, I think, a season like this. But if there is any, it's got to yeah. be the Jason Lila stuff. Very much so. That's like the only stuff that continues to drag on, really. Right. So that really knocks the episode down a bit for me. Um, I guess beyond that, I'd like to find out a little more about Susie. I like her character. I like her with Jason. But like you said, we really don't know much about her beyond a few details and that she likes Jason. Uh, granted, she doesn't have a lot of screen time, but I, I want to know more about her. And I feel like right now, I just don't know enough to get invested in her relationship with Jason. It just is not enough there. It's not enough character, not enough background. So, yeah. So that, to me, knocks it. Yeah, there's no attachment. Right. That's so I'm going to give it an, an, an 8, an 8 out of 10. Still a good score. And uh, I think that'll be it for the episode. Yeah, I think, I think we've about All touched right. on everything. Uh, I guess we can end it there. So, um. I guess we'll end it like we always do. So clear eyes. Mm -hmm. Can't lose. Can't All right, lose. everybody. Have a good week.
Good night, everyone.